thanks for watching or listening to episode 16 of VIP Boxing's Bell to Bell podcast. You can watch us on VIP YouTube or follow us on Spotify and download. Also from this week, you can find us on iTunes. I'm Steve Lillis, and as usual, we have my co-host, top journalist, John Evans, and iTunes said they'll take it because our special guest this week is a man we've brought back for the second time. They love him on iTunes when he, when he odds are in the top 10 and all sorts. He's my old box nation mate, and we had some wonderful times back then, and it's mad that I never really knew him until now. Although I've covered his fights, uh, two or three of his fights. It's former WBO World Super Featherweight Champion, Barry Jones. Um, thanks for coming on, Barry boy. Um, how's lockdown treating you? Well, it's lockdown that's gone on for 10 months, it's I think, now. I'm having a great time. It's lovely. I'm, I'm, I'm still crazy. Pretty much as well, like 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 the rest of us. It's horrible, isn't it? But let's let's just see the back end of it. If I'm hoping that by the end of it, I'll still have a house to be still crazy in. It's that well, in that sort of in that sort of situation, I'm I'm literally looking at people, looking at my kids, and thinking, if I sell you, if I keep you, and then look at my missus, thinking, do I invest in like a cross trade, and then she can go on, she, we can sell her. <laughs> you know, it's terrible, terrible. You know, like back in my heyday, I was a bit of a looker, as you as you remember, of course. You know, I could go out there yeah. and sell myself to you know, to you know to other to other men or women. You know, as as a, as a sexual tool. But um, yeah. those days are past me. I'm afraid so. Yeah, you might anyway, just I don't know what I don't know what I'm talking about. So Barry, just it. just cut down on your appointments. We'll always be demand. You just don't do it as regularly. <laughs> <laughs> I'll keep that in mind, John. Thanks. <laughs> well, Barry's just about surviving. How's life down the road for me and Oldham, John? Or sure, cold. sorry, you're in the posh part, aren't you? Yeah, it's cold, isn't it, Steve, up here? Cold hey, in the frozen north at the this moment. This afternoon, mate, when I was down in my running with that sun beating down. Yeah. Uh, you're in you're you're in the warm spot then. I'm struggling a bit. It's cold. I need a barber. The hair's a mess. Oh mate, look at uh, that. I haven't got any hair. Look at him. I mean, I've trimmed oh, the side. How's your hair, Barry? What's that? How's your hair, Barry? <laughs> well, I can show you, but I gotta put my trousers down to trim it off my hair. So let's just leave it there. Right, okay. We're, we're, well, we're going on a rabbit hole here. Let's get yeah, on with yeah. it. <laughs> you know what YouTube cutting this off. Um, anyway, regular watchers and listeners will know it's a quick fire pod, no waffle, just turbo tongue stuff. Uh, six topics, three minutes each round. And if you're still chatting after 180 seconds, you have to stop. And what happens, John? Well, as usual, you know, as you know, Barry, from your time before, John gets very upset if he doesn't speak first. So, uh, far <laughs> away, John, with your first topic. Yeah, diva. Um, right, the first topic this week is um, Caleb Plant. And I'm just hoping that Plant doesn't take root. I think he's a, a really good fighter, talented fighter. He's got quite a unique style. And it's been a long time since a fighter from that part of America has come through. You know, generally it's East Coast fighters or West Coast, but you can see the, the grip a guy like um, Kelly Pavlik got on America. You know, he's so popular. Um, Plant, I know he's based in Vegas now, but he's still Tennessee born and bred, isn't he? He's very proud of where he comes from. I just think if Caleb Plant gets the opportunities and gets the fights to show what he can do, he can really like open up a new market in America. Um, I just hope he doesn't take root fighting the same old names we see coming time and time again. I think it's time for Plant now to really put his foot down, fight a Benavides, and get himself in position for a, a Canelo fight. 
See, the thing is there, I mean, you're right. And I haven't seen the fight the other night. I saw Andre Wall, you know, waxing lyrical about him. Um, and the thing is, through no fault of his own or even these promoters, if they can't make the Benavides one's the most makeable with a PBC. Canelo's the golden goose for everybody in that division. But when you look at that division, you look at Canelo, Plan, David Benavides, um, Billy Joe, you can include, and Dimitri Bivol, talk of him, drop him down. But apart from that, you know, well, Callum Smith's going up now. There's not many fighters in that division now. There are four or five really, really good fighters, but there's not a lot, not a lot in there. And he, he could be starved of that fight. His big hope, I should think, is um, after Canelo's fought Billy Joe Saunders, his contract's up with Eddie, and he does talk to PBC and goes over to them. Then they can make the fight. Otherwise, it could be tough for him that way because of the lack of, of, of challenges where he can build a legacy. And I think that I think you're right. I think that's what he what he has. The only the only real big name out there is a guy he can't beat. That's the that's the real problem. I think nobody can beat him. But Plant's underrated, you know, because again, because he's he been starved of the quality of the opposition, he tends to be overlooked. But he's a good operator. You know, he moves really well. He got a, a more power than what people give him credit for. He's got a good boxing brain good, you know, and, and a good worth ethic. So I think he's a nightmare for anybody. But, yeah, and you just need some of those, uh, uh, maybe a, a Daniel Jacobs or something like that. He needs one of those names yeah, to, to name. maybe sort of break him out. I think that's, if, if that can be made. But, again, PBC, you know, seem to have gone quiet. And, and also the quality is diminished slightly, I think, from some of their earlier, earlier products. And, and, and that's a worry where, you know, they all seem to be, you know, Go into what either ESPN now or or sort of the zone with with Eddie Hearn. So uh, yeah, depends what his contract is, where he where he can go. I just hope he doesn't go down the route of fighting Lemuse and um, Hassan and Dams and people like that. I, I think he's better than that, and I just hope we get a chance to see it. Right, round two. It's um where the fighting pandemic. You know, the boxing taking on our boxing's taking on this pandemic and where it could lead to. And I just wonder what, you know, you two guys as well, I might speak too much on that. Where do you see British boxing at the end of 2021? You know, there's still talk of social distancing going to be in place, which I think is likely, it seems very likely, which will, means there's no chance of small hall shows. You know, promoters can't only have 300 in your call and strictly 300 and have nine, 10 fights like Steve Goodwin, Mo Prado. It won't work. Steve Wood can't do the same uh, um, the warehouse next to um, is the warehouse next to Manchester United's ground. You know, you can maybe have dinner shows, and I think you know everyone who's on the outside looking in will be thinking at the end of the year. Oh, it hasn't been so bad. We've had two AJ versus Tyson twice, Canelo Saunders, and other great TV fighters, and we're going to see a load more sort of like you know frozen out. And there's one tonight, Chris Jenkinson, the journeyman who. Thought, well, you know, I was remember speaking to Chris last summer and he thought, well, I'll have one more year after this, get the 100 and go. He's given up today. He's walked, he's retired because he doesn't see a way out of, of boxing. And, I, and I, I'm, the more and more, we've mentioned this before, I feel we're going to lose a lot more kids over the next nine, 10 months. And it's only, you know, and, there, and people on the outside won't see the damage it's doing to the sport. It's, it's not like football where there's money going to League One, League Two. I think it's a worry as well with, as you said, no, you mentioned kids. It's the young kids. Some of them are turning pro now because the Olympics looks like it's not going to happen. Yeah. But then turning pro to where? 
There's no fights going on. There's no, no even the big promoters are only going to use their big names, really. And some of the some of the guys are going to get on the undercard that they want to push quite quickly. You know, I, I, there's, there's still there's still massive gaps in in Frank Warren's stable and in Eddie Hearn's stable. They're not going to get a look in. They're just not, and and they would have before. I think maybe the small promoters. I don't know if this would work. They just need to all get together and say maybe we we all get together, share the cost, and we all promote it and stream it and try and get some revenue that way, like a pay per view at a smaller scale, maybe. But I don't see. I think the cost would outweigh what the, the risk of what they would possibly get. Sponsors maybe because if you can get enough viewers, then maybe you know that that would be would would pay the way. But it as anybody as any business has got any money, they want to sponsor stuff. It's it's yeah. a it's a, it's a real way, but I think that's the only way they need to maybe get together now. And that might not be a plan, bad plan for the future going forward you know, to try and rival some of these bigger promoters if they all sort of get together and co-promote or join one, have one sort of union, one promotion of their own together and, and have like a, a co-op, if you like, of, of boxing promoters all working together and, and trying to make a success outside of the, of the big two, possibly big three, if you include MTK. Hi, Barry. It's your first topic. Whoa. Well, because I've got two Northerners. Steve's now a Northerner, of oh, course. I've got, I've got, I've been, Warrenden's world. Josh Warrenden, you know, will he get that big fight? No. You know, this pandemic maybe has hit him worse than, than most because he's he's a big-name fighter who, who really, you know, his big draw is his support, not just his ability. You know, he, he gets, he, he, he fills arenas, he can fill stadiums, he needs crowds back. He's given up his title, which I think was the right move because why would you want to fight Kid Galahad again? It wasn't a great fight and he's going over all ground. But where does he go now? They're on about Kanzu in April. But is that a huge fight? Is Kanzu the, the featherweight champion? I, I'm still not quite sure if he is. Is, that like, yeah. is he their regular? You know, is that a genuine world title? Will he get Navarrete? Will he get Gary Russell? He's good enough. He's the biggest name in that division, I feel. you know, He's proved... The Selby win alone, and and certainly the the Frampton win, has proved where he belongs at the top of that pile. Navarretti moving up in weight is the big danger man for him. Gary Russell Jr., as talented as he is, inactivity is, is his biggest cross to bear. Like so, I give Frampton a really good chance against Gary Russell because of that alone. But I just can't see where that big fight comes from. I, I don't think Kanzu's a, a huge fight, even though it's a it's another sort title of sorts. It's not the fight that he deserves, the fight he craves. So I don't know if you guys... Yeah, I, I, I think I've got a story with Josh on this very topic in Boxing News this week. Um, first time I've heard him sounding a little bit pessimistic about the future. He's normally full of it, Josh, isn't he? And very enthusiastic. Um, we're going to hear a lot coming up to Josh's fight, but the pressure's on him to do what needs to be done to make sure the big fights don't slip away. But I think Josh has done it. I think the pressure's on her now. The pressure's on all the other guys in the division to prove that they're the number one. I think Josh has done his bit. He's there. He'll take all comers. It's up to now to the promoters and TV people to put the money up and make it happen. And for the other fighters in the division to show a bit of ambition. And it's completely out of Josh's hands. Yeah. He's just, look, he's almost just hoping on promises from other people that they're going to fight him. Promises from Eddie that He's going to get him the big fight. I'm not going to doubt Eddie's track record of delivering fights in the last few years is fantastic. So you can't believe he won't get it. But it's going to be hard. And as I said before, could you know, he be a, merit, a victim of Eddie's rivalry now in America? You know, PBC aren't going to... I've said this on here the other week. PBC aren't going to help him with Gary Russell unless it suits them. 
and maybe Golden Boy with Kanzu, unless it suits them. It may well suit them with Kanzu, because although he's a champion of salt, he don't have his regular, I think they're waiting on Santa Cruz to give up the super. Um, you know, what can what can Golden Boy really do with Kanzu? So that's that I think that's the one hope he's got. And let's talk about on April 24. Uh, oh. um one of the things that drives me mad about boxing these days is the television coverage. Now, firstly, I understand every television channel wants the best fighters on their channel. It improves the product, it gets viewers, um, and it makes them stand out. But this current practice of totally ignoring the other fighters in the division just because they're not on your channel just makes no sense to me whatsoever. How channels could not name Crawford as the best welterweight in the world at Plants Fight at Weekend, they put the super middleweight scene up and didn't put Canelo on it. It's just absolute madness. Um, boxing's such a small sport. It needs to be made as big as possible. And if you've got a rival on another channel, build it up. Say, yeah, they've, like, in, for this instance in this country, yeah, Sky, you've got Josh Buatzi, but we've got Lyndon Arthur. And you're building up a potential fight. I just cannot for the life of me, see the sense in completely ignoring the people on the other side of the street. I, I don't know what you think. You're involved in TV. Um, it, it's madness to me. You know what? I'll just be... Oh, so I see Barry was the coming. Sorry, Barry. No, you know please, what? please, I get what you're saying there, John, because I remember when Canelo fought Callum Smith, I was blown away that The Zone spent about five minutes interviewing Tefimo Lopez and five minutes... In, um, Errol Spence that night, you know, and talking about fights, Spence Crawford, Tofimo's future at lightweight against Devin Haney or Ryan Garcia for fights, they haven't got they haven't got a chance of having. And they're the only channel I've seen in recent times really come out and push the big fights. It's a it's a tricky one. Like they, no one promotes the sport; they all promote their product, and and so you're all about building. No stories of fighters and and no and and no back history of a kid and, and I understand that you're building stars because stars make pay per view stars and and that, that makes money and that makes total sense but we're not promoting the sport itself that's that's the and and it's always a long worry about a long term future and and boxing always survives is one of the most you know, resilient sports you've ever you've ever seen but that's a worry if they just promoted the sports then I think that the sport itself rather than you know, just building narratives around fighters, then I think that would, these fights would be easier to be made. There would be crossover promotions all the time, I think. And and everyone would, would, would probably make enough out of it, I think. But then, you know, I don't know the business end of it, you know, enough to really, you know, say what's the best thing. I understand you just build a narrative around your fighter, like Mayweather did. You know, the back the backstory was more important than the actual fight itself. And that's why he made, he made so much money, but that shouldn't be the case. Can you, you don't can you find that in any, any, any other sport, do you? Can you imagine if it was sprinters and one one TV channel, the sprinter that was running 100 metres in 10.1 seconds and another channel had a sprinter running 100 metres in 9.8 and they were both claiming to be the best. It, it's just madness. Anyway, that's, that's time. Right. Um, fifth, five, round five, penultimate round, ditch or dish? Uh, and I mean, should world titles be ditched or should they be continued to be dished out like, you know, completely? Um... Look, the WBA, we all know, haven't covered themselves in glory the last week. Um, but, you know, I've seen a couple of boxing podcasts and people on Twitter, you know, people involved in the sport, you know, 
urging urging that all titles should be dumped and world titles shouldn't be happening. I mean, it isn't an ideal, you know, that's ideology. It doesn't work in the world ideology. And, you know, Boxing News are being a bit holier than now saying on, you know, maybe, you know, they might, they're going to consider dumping the WBA belt. Well, you know, what they've got to realise is broadcasters and promoters will not be dumping belts because and normal boxers want that that happen because these WBA regulars, they get, they get guys good money, you know, Sky and BT are not boxing channels. They're not a specialist channel like Box Nation was, you know, when we was all there. You know, they're, they're sports channels. They have to have a title to sell it on. And if that's a WBA regular, tough luck. And, you know, you if you had a W, okay, you had a WBA regular this weekend on Sky, A versus B, that wasn't great. And, you know, but it was a WBA regular, they'll be getting good money. If that was A versus B in a non-title fight, they wouldn't be getting good money. The, the, the game is about money, and these titles generate money for boxers. And I'm not in favour of at all, you know, them being scrapped, not recognising people, being sanctimonious about it. It's about what reward you can get for the fighter, in my opinion. I, I can, I, no, I sort of, listen, you're right in, in, the, in, in the reality of it, but I think that, that titles make more money from fighters. I, I'm not sure if that's entirely true, because I know what Colin Jones got paid. I don't want to say it on here because this is bit I know what he got paid for challenging against Donald Curry in nineteen eighty five in Birmingham. And it was probably it was much more than what I got, certainly. Uh, but I bet you it was more than what one of the recent welterweight title fights had in the last 18 months. You know, and because it was a rare thing to box for a world title. It was a big thing. It was a big deal. And, and so I think you know, that money trickles down. Then a European title fight's worth more. Because it's more prestigious. You know, where now you bypass that, you don't care about it. You know, I'd rather when I was boxing, I would rather box for an intercontinental title fight than a British title fight because it was more money, and it got you a ranking that you didn't deserve. So it 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 doesn't do the sport any favors. I will leave you on this: in 2014-15, four fighters boxed for the WBA welterweight title in the same ring on the same night. Right? Yeah, I remember. That's I was that good for the sport, and on the <laughs> second of the same night. The WBA light heavyweight title got contested by four fighters in two different continents. Madness. Go on, Barry, end us oh. off. Oh, I would like okay. John, ask John about that at the end about the titles. There's a little bit of extra time. Go on, Barry. Um, I, beautifully set up here. Just all the moaning. All I do, I go on a few podcasts recently, you know, and moaning about boxing. What happens when you retire? All these titles, all that's going wrong with boxing. Let's get it better because we, we love this sport. All those three here, we love it. We're in love with it. It's our business, and we and we love it on a personal level. But it's it's. I used to call it. It was the biggest threat in boxing in sports. That's what I used to call boxing because it constantly kicks itself in the face. All the good stuff it does, but it does good stuff, and we shouldn't forget the lives it changes. The, you know, you, there's the people who who would have been scum. And boxing have changed them for the better. Not just the fighters, the people around the sport. Even someone like me, I wouldn't have been, I come from a really bad area. I wouldn't have been a drug dealer. I wouldn't have been in prison stealing, and I wouldn't have been murdering and, and, and violent and all that. But it changed my, especially amateur boxing, opened my world to, to all of a sudden. It was like an umbrella. Things you can see, things you can be, places you can go. You know, people you've met 
everything about it just it was just it changed my life and my it changed my ambition of life because I would have just settled with what I got, which is not I'm not you know, I'm not having to go people with a with an ordinary mundane life because it's not mundane to them, but to me it's not what I wanted in my life. And boxing showed me a path. Obviously, with that there's a problem with that, but I mean this showed you a path of what can you what you can see, what you can do, and this magical world of, of sports and boxing more than any takes people from the gutter. And puts them up in, in mount and puts them on top of the mountain. And and I don't know a sport that can have that dramatic effect than the sport of boxing. You know, John. So you have been. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I've never been in my gutter, but just from my point of view, it's um. It, you're right, Barry. It gets a lot of stick, but it's given me some of the most memorable things I've done. You know, some of the experiences it's given me, some of the places I've found myself, some of the things I've seen. Oh, it's, it's great. I was just thinking today, actually. I was thinking back to the loudest crowd I've ever seen, and it was Quigg and Frampton at the MEN Arena. And I was, I went for a walk during the ring walk, away from the press seats and all that. And the atmosphere was out of this world. And I was just thinking, well, I can't even begin to imagine seeing that again. You know, and yeah. boxing's given me a, some of the, the most memorable and funniest as well times of my life. And yeah, it does great things. It does for me. You know what? You know, look, you know, I'm like 59 nearly. And, um, you know, I'm not, there's nowhere near the amount of work I had 18 months ago. I had Box Nation and um, newspapers, all sorts of stuff going on. Um, now, you know, newspapers are cut down. You know, there's no Box Nation for us. And so my work, my workload's gone from, you know, 100% flat out most days to next to nothing almost. Um, but I would never moan about this sport, what it's done for me. For 30 years, it's taken me around the world you know some of the, the, the stories you just wouldn't believe you know everything from you know being in Mike Tyson's suite with all the fucking pigeons going around <laughs> to you know Chris Eubank telling me I was a snake and I could crawl under a snake with a top hat on Frank Bruno giving me a load of mouth after he beat Oliver McCall these moments and it's been you know you can never take them away and I will never ever take anything for granted and boxing is the only sport I think in the world and obviously I'm biased when there's been a great fighter emerge I go back to Nazim Hamid in this country after he beat um, your friend Steve Robinson Barry there were people, there were kids chewing up to go to the gym on the Monday to be Nazim Hamid it's one of the few take football out of the way because they all want to be Beckham. So, but you, yeah. you don't get kids going to the local rugby club because they want to be the new scrum half for England if they want to be Johnny Wilkinson. It doesn't happen. Boxing, take football out. Boxing is the only sport that can make see a kid can see a man on the TV on a Saturday and he can say, I want to be that man and on a Monday go and do something about it. And yeah. bear in mind, what it's like for the boxers, most of the boxers, most of these boxers, if they if boxing didn't save them. They were robbing, stealing, murdering, taking drugs, selling drugs. They were they weren't just going to work for the council like I would have. No, they were they were at most of these boxes. A lot of them who you wouldn't believe today the way they talk so well. Their life was hell. They come no, I come from a bad area with, with, where there was no money, but my life I had a family, I had a nice family. Rob, you know, some kids they brought themselves up. Well, you know, just you guys know more of the stories than I do. It's it's. Horrific some of the life stories of some of these boxers. And you get that in all sports, but I think you get it more common in boxing probably than any other sport there's ever been and ever will be. It's mad. I was with um, a journeyman the other day, speaking to a journeyman, and it was a mate. This guy's life is coming. I'm not good. Casey C might want to hear it, but it was incredible. A couple 
aspects of his life from the highs and lows quite incredible well we are i think we're well over three minutes john oh, yeah yeah it's gone on we always go on, 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 on. i want to know <laughs> your your opinion on this um title situation ditch or dish you know what might might surprise people but i fighters work so hard for that little piece of leather and plastic that gets wrapped, wrapped around my waist and for people on podcasts to come on from work and turn my laptop on and start talking about it, to start saying, put your belt in my bin, you know, we don't care about that. I think it's a bit rich, to be honest. Um, I'm a bit with Barry. I think it's, a, obviously, the WBA is outrageous. You know, they've gone way above and beyond. But the IBF world title is a, a fought for thing. There's no interim versions. You defend against your mandatories. How can you tell someone who's fought hard, worked the way up the rankings, won as a mandatory challenger? How can you then just tell him to put it in a bin because it doesn't matter anymore? So I think he did. there is a place for world but he, titles. But he did. But he did. Josh Warrington, he, he, he chucked it in the bin. So you know, it shows what he thinks of that. It, yeah. it wasn't an easy decision for him, but he chucked it in the bin. Yeah. I, I'm, I, I disagree with you, John, to be honest. I don't want to fall up with you, but you're wrong. Like I'm a boxer. <laughs> I, no, no, I would say this because I love the sport and I, and I wouldn't say check in in the gym because you know they've worked hard to get where they get. Yeah. But but there's so many boxers, and I'm one of them, who have got to the level that we weren't really, we didn't really belong. We weren't really, we were at the level that wasn't really the level that it says it was, and that's because there was more titles, more opportunities for less money most of the time. To be fair, because it's diluted. So you no, know, see me for it, and I always go back to me because then I'm criticizing other people. I'm not criticizing the boxers, the situation. If I bring my situation into it, then I'm being as honest as I can be. I was a good fighter. I know I was good. I'm not, I'm not arrogant about it. I was good. I was good as a kid. I was good as a adult. I was good as a pro. Was I the best in the world? Of course I wasn't. It's ridiculous to say I was. And was I top 10 in the world? No, I wasn't that either, I don't think. Was I European level? Yes. Could I be good enough to be a European champion? Most I beat the European champion, so definitely. But he wouldn't have been the European champion if boxing was how it should be. It would have been a higher level. Would I have beat him then? I might have. I might not have. I think I was at level. But, you know, you've got to be honest about it. And I, so I try and be honest because I want other people to come out and be honest. 90% of the world champions we've had since Nigel Benn came over in 91 or whatever with the WBO title. It's not all the WBO's fault. Just saying that, 90% of the British champions, world champions we've had, are not really good enough to be world champions. It's not their fault. And, they, and no one else says it. And they take and they deserve everything. A box is a hard sport. But... The reason nobody knows who the champions are is because of that, because they're too easy to come by. It's, it, and and you you would get more respect for being a European champion than you would for being a world champion today if it was what well, it should be, yeah. I think. But you're never going to get that situation. As, as Linus said, in that purest form, it, it's, it would be manipulated by somebody else. And that's the truth. And that's why the WBC started up, because the WBC had the stranglehold. And, and then the IBF come up. It, I understand that reason. But now... It's it's there's too much, it's too many, and it was it, it's not just now. It's been for the last twenty odd thirty years. Too many, and boxing would be a mainstream sport if everybody knew who the best fighters in the world were. Yeah, that I'll go. But I, I go back, you know, before we wrap up, I, I just go back to the um, the money situation. You know, I know what you know. There are less there, but they, they, I still think these WBA regular belts improve an income for a fighter. And my, my main concern for a fight, any fighter, if any fighters, are, you know, fighters aren't going to come to me for advice. If any fighter has had ever asked me what, what they should do, I've, I mean, I'd never tell them who they should fight, who they, you know, they should be with. It's not my job. One thing I would always tell a fighter is just look after your money. And, you know, and I, I'm all for them just getting their money. 
And if it means it, they've got to have a WBA interim trinket to get it, I don't care. I, I care more about the sport than I do the fighters in it. That sounds, that sounds callous. I don't mean that. I mean, I care about the fighters' health and their wealth, but you have to go into this sport with your eyes wide open. Most of you are not going to earn. That's and any boxer watching now. If you're working, keep working. If you're not working, do a course, get a trade, do something, because the chances are, as good as you may be, even if you get to the top, you won't earn enough to retire on. You won't earn enough to sit back and enjoy the rest of your life doing nothing. You'll have to work when you retire. Like most, like 99.9% of fighters have to do. So that's just the sport. This is the sport you've chosen. And you must know this for, if you're realistic about it. Unless you're, unless you're six foot five and 19 stone. That's how it's going to be for you, most of us. Most, not all of us. Some people are lucky. But so you don't, I, I just, you know, the sport, I worry about the sport. I love boxing more than I love my career. That's why I slip my career all the time. I should stop doing it and tell people I was the best pound for pound, the best, the best baldy ginger looking Welshman in, on the planet. You know what I mean? I've always my biggest, I... my biggest concern, my biggest concern in the whole of boxing right now. Harry, I just I, I think Billy Hardy would have had you if we're talking balding ginger looking guys. Oh, no, definitely, definitely with <laughs> Billy was brilliant. Billy would have beat me. I'm not even arguing with that. I, don't, I can't argue with that. But it's Kid Galahad is my biggest worry in boxing because. When I won a world title, I wasn't even the Steve Robinson lived in my street, so you aren't even the best in my street. So I'm a world champion. I'm not the best fighter in my street, and I'm not the best Welsh boxer. Not the best. Uh, I'm not the best. My my ancestry. I went. Oh, but my grandfather's from the Yemen, so I thought I'm the best boxer from the Yemen. They don't have no boxers. But Nazim Hamid was a world champion, so I'm not even the best boxer with Yemen with Yemeni descent. <laughs> so I came up with a thing. I'm the best boxer with Yemeni descent called Barry. Now, if King Galahad wins the world title, I'm not even that. Can you believe the luck of that? Of all the names in the world, it's oh. called Barry. So, you know, yeah. Barry, my... The one thing I'll, I will, I'll not say it, I'm sure people stop knocking your own career, mate, at times. You were a good no, player. No, no, oh, please, please. Don't knock your I'm career, not... but knock your achievements, because they were fantastic, and you deserve what you got. Steve, Steve. I'm as proud as anyone. And I'm, no, I'm, I'm inside. I, I got that belt and I love it. And, you know, and I'm proud. I'm proud of my achievements. I'm proud of, my, of the way I conducted myself. And I'm more proud of my defeat than I am of all my wins because I showed my bottle. I had to get off the floor and I showed I could have it. And I didn't win. And that's fine because I was up against it. I'm proud of that more than anything else because that's just a fight that you want to prove that you can fight. But I would chuck that belt in a bin if it would put boxing in the right path. I, I swear to God, I love the sport. I'm not putting myself down, but I can't expect to criticise other people's careers if, I don't, if I'm not honest about mine. And if other people would do the same, ex-boxers and current boxers, it would help. It would means promoters couldn't, couldn't like, pull the wool over kids' eyes. It means we, couldn't, we all couldn't pull the wool over the public's eyes and, it, and it, would, it would be a truer form. In the ideal world. And it is but, an ideal world. I need to get a job with some broadcaster really quick, so I'll never say any of that. <laughs> John, before we go, you got anything to say, John? Because, you know, Bar Barry's had his sermon. He's on the pul pulpit there in London. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, we, I can see the little timer in the top corner running out, Steve, so uh, we'll, we'll call, the, call it quits there. Make sure it fits on iTunes, shall we? Yeah. John, thanks very much. And Barry, thank you very much. For all boxing. Info, news and latest interviews, Amateur and Pro, across the north, click and subscribe. VIP, boxing promotions. Also, Twitter, Instagram and Facebook.